Today, on the first of day of Black History Month, we have a special guest for you, Selena Caesar Chavan is with us today. Welcome. Oh, thank you, Erica. Bad and bitchy for having me. Well, thank you <laughs> for coming. Thank you for coming on. I've wanted to have you on for like a couple years, to be fair. <laughs> but all good things are worth the wait. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. is definitely worth the wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're so, going to have so much fun today. We're going to have so I much I know. Fun. It's going to be great. Okay. So... Uh, you have written a new book, Can You Hear Me Now?, um, which I think tells the story of a woman, yourself, of course, who broke through the glass ceiling only to be edged off the glass cliff, only to find her footing um, after, you know, your, after you stepped down as MP for Whitby and didn't run in the second election in 2019. So right. to me, it's, it's this book is a story of a woman who had similar struggles, similar self-doubts as the rest of us have, um, was thrust in the spotlight and in a position where you had to navigate it. Um, as a black woman, as the, I believe you're the first black person to represent that would be riding. Yeah, first black woman to represent Durham region. There you Anywhere. go. The whole thing. <laughs> so like your arrival on the political scene announced a new breed of politician, a successful research consultant, an entrepreneur, the first black person, the first black woman to represent the Durham region. Uh, all while raising three children. Mm -hmm. And your rise to prominence gave you the platform to speak out, and that you did, with almost vilifying consequences. So your insistence at calling out racism, sexism, microaggressions, and inequity made you probably few allies and garnered probably little support from the Liberal caucus, a caucus that promised to, quote, do politics differently, unquote. That is like mm. a Trudeau quote. Mm. Only the politicking was much the same for other Black women who were often isolated, spurned, devalued, and ridiculed for not knowing their place and attempting to change a political culture that was not meant for us to succeed. Mm-hmm. Damned if you do, tokenized if you don't. Mm. So we all live in the shame of our lies and our truths, our failures and our mistakes. And as a consequence, we build shells of perception, hiding our true selves. And for Black women, exuding strength means never showing weakness, never seeking help, never never allowing others the opportunity to see us because we can't be vulnerable. Mm. And Ms. Take, as you name her in the book, is a ruthless teacher whose, quote, visits are awful and the aftermath is worse, unquote. 
Only the best of us is able to embrace her as a necessary frenemy and redeploy her wrath into a scepter of sovereignty over our lives. It is in that independence where we find freedom. And by speaking your truths in this book, you have found yours. Yes, Selena, we hear you. <laughs> Thank you. That was that was such a great introduction. Erica, like, I feel like I'm going to be like one of these people that are like, my God, that was so amazing. So articulate. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go there. But honestly, I'm writing notes as you're talking. Like, if you're not talking about me, I'm like, yes, mistake is a friend of me, vilifying consequences. I'm yeah. writing this stuff down. Like, like it's not me. I just, it's you. You like, understood the book. Yes, I did. Listen, I saw myself in your book. Oh, wow. And I saw myself. So I'm going to, you know, we, I went through the whole like, like schedule of our talk and I might just jump around depending on how this goes. For sure. We're just chilling right now. So for, for, for example, the first thing I noticed was, okay. The fact that, okay, you went, you, I mean, your parents did what most West Indian parents do. Um, they come here, they work, that we're supposed to exceed them. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to do so a certain way. Child, we're supposed please. to get good marks. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to graduate near top of our class mm-hmm. and get a good job with position. Mm-hmm. And it's within the institutional construct that right. our parents push us to as 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 a way of that's our success right is to is to work in these institutions and these um institutional constructs such as parliament so and stay there and stay and stay there right for like and then you know do the whole thing right and i worked for years at the department of finance in the federal government um, it was traumatic. I will be honest with you. It, it mm-hmm. was, there's a lot of trauma there that I'm still working through. Um, uh, so, you know, I, I also saw some of my own mental health struggles mm-hmm. in your book. Mm-hmm. And at the time when you were speaking out about it, I didn't know that I personally was suffering something similar. Mm-hmm. And so it's only recently that I realize that, you know, the federal government was pretty shitty to me. <laughs> and so when I read your book and you talked about being in center block on the hill and you saw all of these faces of just white men, that's all it was. I remember the Department of Finance where I worked had a hallway to the deputy minister's office and the hallway was all past um, deputy ministers and they were Mm. all white and they were all male and they were all old. And every time you walked down that hall, which was pretty often, you knew you, it was like you were being told you don't belong here. And I actually had people tell me like I had, you know, managers tell me how I don't belong here. 
Mm-hmm. So like the exclusionary forces were really, really strong. And so yeah. when I was reading about, you know, that part, like obviously made an impression on me. And also just that feeling of being alone in that, you know, here you are, you supposedly made it, you know, I'm an economist, of course, going to the Department of Finance is like the, the apex of government, you know, economics and, and being an economist. Right. And you're in there and it's the most isolating feeling. Um, and it is, and it, it, it picks at you and it does weaken you in a way, not as a person or personality, but you're not you anymore. You're not your full self and you're not expected to come in as your full self. And so I wanted to talk around, you know, your, I'm not sure if you actually fully came out and said this, but these institutions that our parents push us through are just not meant for us. And um, politics and parliament and public service are sports that were never meant for new recruits. Yet, you know, when Trudeau came in in 2015 with you and others, he promised to do politics differently. And to me, that obviously, as we see, like (laughs) one of his pillar decisions, that of a governor general, just completely fell through. Um, well, mainly because <laughs> she was abusing her staff. So that's a whole nother story about what is acceptable and what's accepted in those spaces. But I guess my question to you is, what were we supposed to know beforehand that we didn't know? Like, I feel like you and I came into this, this situation or this, this structure, and we're like, okay, so I'm going to do, I have all of this, I'm going to do this and this, and I'm going to do that, and I'll do that, and I see where I'm, yes, 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 yes. oh my god, yes, so go ahead, okay, let's go, and then you're quickly, with all that enthusiasm, brought immediately right down to earth, right, so when you talked about being in the department of finance, and seeing those white men walking through parliament or on the parliamentary precinct and being under the gaze of like, not just the white gaze, like as we know in literature, but actually the white gaze of individuals that yes, they have contributed to this country in in whichever ways um, history has written them up to, but there's no There's absolutely no depiction of Black communities contributing to the economic success of this country on the precinct. So not only are you walk in there as the one Black female, whether you're in your department or you're a member of parliament or otherwise, you walk in there and the, the veins, the, the blood flowing through that institution is such that, first of all, we have to remember one, it was built on exclusionary practices. So it was not meant for women. It was not meant for indigenous people. It was not meant for black people. In fact, even up to present day, there is an address code 
in, par in, in the House of Commons. And then it was, that exclusion was reinforced mm -hmm. by racist, oppressive policy, the Indian Act, yeah. you know, the, uh, you know, immigration policy, segregation <laughs> schools that ended yeah. in 86. Girl, I was 12. Like, this is <laughs> history. This is yeah. like just yeah. the other day. Like, you know, you know, when, when, when black, I don't know who listens to your podcast, but when black people talk, we say just the other day about anything that happened within the last 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we so, too. <laughs> so literally segregated schools ended just the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we don't have to explain it out to each other, but if, I don't know who yeah. you're listening to. So I'm going to explain it out a little bit. Yeah. And so just the other day that ended. And so now you get into a space that it, it's baked into the walls, that racism, that sexism, that sort of that oppressiveness is in the walls. And then they hang these pictures in these like, I don't know where they get these frames from. Uh, <laughs> they can chop down a whole damn tree and they're like, like one side of the frame. <laughs> like <laughs> to that frame, brother, you gonna use a whole tree for one side? Like these big frames. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's actually, it, it's almost as if it is supposed to tell you, you do not belong here. So I, I felt that completely. And when you think about that, and then you get in these places and people are telling you things, the, the, the racism, the microaggression, the, you know, oh my God, I'd love to run my fingers through your hair kind of conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Crap that I don't like to call microaggressions, but because death by a thousand cuts, you might as well just say the N word and call it a day. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Saying, no, I hear you. Death by mm. a thousand cut thing. But it weakens your physical, mental, spiritual, entire well being to the point where. And I, I got to say, at the beginning, I was like, I must be tripping because is this really happening to me? Like, because I'm thinking like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a strong black woman. I, I you know I read up on critical race theory. Let me like look at that again. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, and I'm like, are they, is this happening or is it not mm -hmm. happening? Mm -hmm. And I felt like it, whatever it was, and I say it in the book, was killing me. Yeah. Like, I would come home and I'd say to my husband, this, something about this job is killing me. I don't know what it is. Yeah but I, I, I don't want to die there. Like I was legitimately afraid yeah. of dying at my death. And then somebody did die. Remember right early in the 42nd parliament, somebody did die. And I was just like, mm -mm. <laughs> that's not me. No, you see the outfits I wear to work. You can't just have me slumped over at my desk in them outfits. <laughs> no goddamn way. No, I, I got to keep it real because could you, could you imagine? Yeah. And then they're like, oh, do we take this? Like, do we take our heels and like, where are we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But seriously. But, th but this is what we get. And then what ends up happening is you have two choices. I, I believe. And correct me if I'm wrong, because you were there. You have mm -hmm. two choices. One, you either blend into the fabric. Yeah. I don't know how the hell we blend in it. I, I don't know either. As, we dark as fuck. Yeah. Blending in. But you either blend in or you stand up and get pushed out. Those are the two options. There's no middle ground for us. There's, there's no middle ground. If, if, so if representation matters, then I believe that the representative needs to push the status quo 
such that if you are breaking glass ceilings, you're pushing it to the point where the, the ceiling breaks and it shatters and it mm-hmm. actually does something. Mm-hmm. Or you blend in and you sort of make yourself morph into that structure itself. And I, I just, I can't see that as something that I would feel comfortable with. Well, and that's why that is exactly what I struggled with for years for years when I say years I mean years right is this it's it's you either blend in which means silence by the way oh god it means more than silence so Erica it means silence it means changing your attitude it means how you speak how you dress how you walk how you talk it means everything about you not just your voice becomes silent everything about you becomes silent yeah yeah and so I you know, obviously, obviously I chose the latter. <laughs> I mean, yeah. sorry, the four, Black the push out. Old. Yeah. The so, uh, and, and, you know, I mean, I, I think that the, the pain and the trauma that that entails is what we don't talk about. And right. I don't know if it's because I, I, I don't know if it's just generational it's probably just generational. Yeah. And our parents coming from a certain beginning to, to their journey was to get us here at a better place and allow us to, or give us the tools Mm -hmm. to succeed in these institutions. Only they thought the tools had to do only with education. But they also thought that the institution was fair. That's, well, that's the underlying assumption. Right. So when they sent us to school, they assumed that the institution was fair. So if your teacher said, well, you know, Miss Isa, you know, Selena acting up in class, she's talking mm. to my, t- my mom would be like, girl, I told you she ring in my ears. Yeah. I'm like, but I didn't. Like I yeah. didn't do anything. And, yeah. you know, I've had so many times where my kids, the teachers will be saying that my kids did something. I'd be like, I'm yeah. sorry, no. Like I would push back against that. And our parents believed the institutions were fair, but they also, when they came here, they their risk was to come here and make a, a life better for us. Yeah. My risk is to make here better for my children. Right. Different kind of risk, same right. risk, different strategy around yeah. that risk. Yeah, for sure. So I can't sit in the institution that I know is unfair because for the first time somebody has gone through it and just accept it as it is and not challenge it. Right. That would be unfair to the same thing my parents did about making things better. It'll be unfair to my children to do that. But so many Black people in those institutions choose that, choose to be silent. And don't get me wrong, I get it. Okay. I get it. I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, because it's an impossible choice. (laughs) Girl, a paycheck. Yes, exactly. And that's why it's an impossible, and especially for communities that are as vulnerable as ours, Yes. you know, this shit matters. We can't just go out and start a fashion line or something. Right. Who the fuck's going to lend money to us? First of all, you know, you know, much less backing. And right. that's the whole point is that everything in this country takes 
backing of some sort. And if you are quote unquote, the black sheep who's acting out, then nobody and, and being and standing up and being your full self, nobody backs you. No, nobody. You're left alone and out in the wilderness as a punishment for being bad. It's really fucking weird. It really is. It's really twisted, to be honest. It's so twisted. And honestly, I just, and this is a, this is a challenge for me, right? So in business, in corporate, yeah, people, people like to sort of challenge and want to like put out the best product possible. So we're saying, okay, where do we see a design flaw? Where do we see an element that we could change? Where do we see that things are going to be? It doesn't happen often. Like we've seen Gucci, we've seen like all these campaigns that were like, where was the black person in the Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. it doesn't always work. But on most cases, people want to put out the best product possible. Mm-hmm. And so they, they invite focus groups in where they know that they don't have the skill set. But within government, for some strange reason, the center always believes that they know what's best. And if you're not in the center, then you are not worthy enough to have that ear lent. And that I find really problematic. It, it, I, I found it really problematic. And I, I'm going to say, Erica, like my ego got a little bit into this because I am smart. Mm-hmm. Like I am, I'm actually really smart. Yeah. I see things, I, I, it's, it's strategic. Like I have a strategic mind. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I was never leveraged ever, when I say never in four years, leverage for anything other than my skin and my breasts Mm. that kind of of stuff I don't play with that stuff because that now messes up my brand yeah I look like some bobblehead that is just gonna be boobs and melanin that's not what I am I'm a I'm a whole walking brain yes right and I, I I and that's very important for me because I want people to leverage the fact that I have business acumen, I have research skills. I actually ran national epidemiology studies on brain conditions. Like I'm not a idiot. Mm -hmm. Like don't, don't do that to me and don't put me in this spot. Mm -hmm. And so it's for me as a disruptor, as Mm -hmm. the opposite sort of, of what our parents would have said is a good move. (laughs) I'm like, deuces. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. out. And it mm-hmm. wasn't a hard decision for me because I know, I knew that I would rebound and I'm at a different spot in my life. Yeah. The challenge is when people are in spots where they're like, they have to stay. And so it becomes incumbent upon people like me who are like, yo, I, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to make sure the whole shit gets burned down. Yeah, I know. I'm like Angela Bassett where she throws the flame. The classic scene. How Stella got her groove back. She's like throwing. Yeah. No, but not to say to burn it down, but to, to actually have people really critically look at the infrastructure of the system to say, is the system really designed in the optimal way to be inclusive? 
and therefore to be equitable. Because remember, this is not the coffee shop down the street. Yeah, We're not ordering muffins and, and a double skim latte. Mm-hmm. We, are put, we are developing policy that's going to impact 37 million people. That's not, that's not a joke. That's something you take very seriously. And you have people around the table that you know are going to be strategic about how to do that. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, when you have ego in the room, yeah. lack of self-awareness in the room, that's when problems happen. You're explaining the whole public service, by the way. I'm not afraid. It's the same. It's the same. It's the same thing. I mean, and that's why they're in a class action lawsuit. I'm just saying. Just saying. <laughs> by the way, I don't want to talk for nobody, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, they have problems, um, to say the least. I so so. Is it then that, so from the outside, it, it seems like you have this seat at the table, this power. So this is the other thing is that we don't talk about power, which is weird to me. Um, let's talk about it. Let's talk about power and let's talk about this seat at the table business. Cause I think that's been getting a rewrite lately. Um, just being there in the spot doesn't mean shit. It doesn't mean what you think it means. And you can, you can be at the table, but you don't know. It's not quite clear. And this is what Canada does very well. It's not quite clear if you're on the menu or serving the meal or if you're like, <laughs> are, you, are you next to the head of the table? What are you doing? What are the seating arrangements here? You know, because, right, you know, the host usually puts the most important guests closest. Yeah. So where are you sitting? Where are you sitting at this table? And that matters. Yeah. Well, you know, just because you're in the room doesn't mean you're at the table. That's the other well, thing. Exactly. So does it mean that you're sitting close to the host? Are you sitting on the periphery because you're just not really that important? No, sorry. Are you sitting close to the host? Are you sitting far away from the host? Are you sitting on the periphery? Mm. Are you serving the meal or are you actually on the plate? Yeah. Right. So there's, yeah. there's a number of different ways. We should write a whole course on this. Like, honestly, and I know I want to say, I need to talk to you after I'm just yeah. saying, <laughs> honestly, I, 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 honestly, like this is a whole dissertation, right? Yeah. Where are you when you talk about, so you get into that room and the door closes and the, everybody on the outside, it's like, oh my God, you have so much power. You are the parliamentary secretary, the prime minister, so much power, so much power, so much power. The door closes and nobody knows what actually happens at the table. Nobody knows if it's actually set for one person, for two people, for everybody. There's, there's no concept of that. And so I found that I'm now at, in that room and I'm looking around going, hmm, did somebody forget to put a place sitting for me? Yeah. Right? And I don't like to feel shame. Yeah. So the first thing that I'm going to do is when you, like you walk in somewhere and you're like, oh, and you're wearing your fancy dress and they don't have a place setting for you. Like, never mind that you're not at beside the host and you're not down at the end. You have no seat. 
child, I don't have no time for that. I'm leaving. I, I felt like that was the Obama trip in a nutshell. Oh, the God. way you described it. I, oh. I feel like that's what it was. Exactly this. Oh, God. That trip. That trip was a trip. Yeah, I, I got I got that from the book. That yeah. trip was a trip. Like, honestly, it was really good. And of course, you have to keep up this image, right? So this happens in March of 2016. I just got elected. Selena is invited down to Obama. Everybody's, everybody's excited about this, right? Everybody's like, oh my God, she's so lucky, blah, blah, blah. She's there, da, 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 oh my God. But you ain't going to the state dinner. Oh, okay, no, no, no problem. So all the other elected officials are not going to the state dinner or is it just me? Yep. Like, let, let, let's, let's actually think about that because there were people that worked that were staffers. God, this is making me emotional. There were, because I didn't write about this in the book, like the I, actual dinner. I might actually cry by the end of this, but carry on. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so listen, so staffers are invited to this state dinner. Um, you know, of course, moms is invited, like JT's moms. Like, oh yeah, I'm not going to fault you for inviting your moms. Like you got to invite moms to the dinner, right? No problem. Yeah. Um, wifey's there, of course. Right. Yeah. But staff and not just like principal secretary staff, like yeah actual staffers yeah all of the other elected officials so I, I want to set the context for your listeners because myself and the prime minister both got elected in the same process we had to go knock on doors we need to get votes we need to get a certain amount over and above our competition to be elected mm-hmm. that certain people got a title put above their heads others didn't but the actual process for being elected Pretty much the same. Yeah. So then you have individuals who are elected officials, every other one at this state dinner. And I'm outside. Wow. And, and, and not only that. So, okay, fine. Look, I don't need to eat the little maple glazed whatever they had for dinner. I don't need to eat that. That's fine. So then you go to the next day, Selena, you know, we want you to attend a couple of meetings with so-and-so. I know you have a background in neurological research. I know you have a background in business and let's, let's set you up with some meetings. Mm -hmm. There was nothing. Hmm. The, the terribleness of tokenization. I don't even know if those are real words. The terribleness of tokenization is a heck of a thing when your only job is to be blackface <laughs> <laughs> for pm blackface <laughs> I, how long have we been on this call look how long it took me to bring it up <laughs> <laughs> i bring you know what i make it my duty to remind people to bring duty. it up ever so yes it is my duty because duty. because this country like i okay so let me go back to obama before i whatever yes. i mean it is the temerity of bringing you along just so they can show a black face i like that word i like that word. let me write that one down yes girl temerity boy. <laughs> <laughs> a black face 
to show the first black president of the U.S. that what we have black people, too. Oh, look, we're like you. Look, look, look at her. That we we are a feminist, diverse government. Yeah. Look at her, even though she's not at the state dinner. Like she doesn't have any other role and no other role. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. That is some serious. Oh, that is undermining your own value and your own sense of self-worth. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I described the whole trip, the trip down and the trip back. And um, I remember the elevator, you getting onto the elevator and then being like, oh, this is not for you. And you're just like, then what is for me? Yeah, you don't belong here. Yeah, you don't belong here. And um, that was that was sort of one of the one of the first... my heart sank. By the way, when I read that, guy, you should have been there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, you know, this is the thing about this is the thing about racism, right? Where people talk about, you know, oh my gosh, this is so this is such hard, like especially allies, you know, this is such hard work. It's so awkward, you know, to have these conversations. Imagine living it. The work's so hard for you. Imagine living it and then still being expected to work, still being expected to do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And and so that that March visit was one of the 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 first moment where I thought there's something very very wrong here and I'm I'm not sure if I'm the right person to swallow all this wrong I don't I don't know if I could do that I don't know if I could sit through it for I'll have to sit through it for four years because I if I resign like that's probably worse. Oh my God, this black woman couldn't hack it. Now we have to pay all this money for a by-election. Oh, you know, so I wasn't going to resign. So I knew I had stayed there for four years, but I didn't think I would do another four for sure. It was. An- so you already knew like way back then that you were like, I really can't do this for another, like, I can't do this for pensionable time kind of thing. By the way, the public service loves to talk about pensionable time because they waste your time, but that's another story. Um, But, but I can't do, I can't swallow all. I know what that's like. Eventually you choke. Like (laughs) seriously, you eventually choke, lose your shit, break down. And you know, you're just like, what am I left with? Right. And, and that's, and that's the thing, like I, I, I legitimately tried. So I legitimately tried to say, okay, Selena, maybe you could do this. Let's try, let's try, let's try. And then the more I kept trying, the more I kept seeing things that were just wrong. They were, they were just wrong. Like, you know, talking to the prime minister about the UN decade for people of African descent in 2016, and then being excluded from every other conversation because they know that I will push them to do yeah. better and older because that is what they promised right. as the majority government. So not hearing anything from them for a year and then going to the, 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 the launch, the announcement and hearing Canada is going to adopt the UN decade. And uh, this pause is on purpose, listeners. This pause is on purpose because 
I couldn't, I couldn't come up for air because this again was a feminist diversity is our strength government that excluded the one black female voice from a conversation about restoring dignity to our community. Mm -hmm. And then black people, like, and then what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to stay and accept that? We're supposed to stay and say, oh, that's okay. Uh, you know, maybe he just forgot I was here. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you know, it's, it's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll run with this party again. I can't follow that kind of leader. Yeah. That's because that's not leadership. No, it's not. Again, as we see, like, right. you know, I mean, I, I think that, you know me, I'm no fan. So... <laughs> I am, I hate them all <laughs> on different, for different well, reasons. How you really feel. Yes, I do. And, you know, I mean, it is the, you know, you almost feel like stupid for believing them and believing oh, what they God. say. And you're just like, did everybody else know this was bullshit? And I, and I'm the idiot. Like, or do people just exist on this plane of just, 24 7 bullshit like do, do people just exist on that I don't get it I really don't get it how do people not see the contradiction yeah. and if they see it okay fine like they don't say anything about it but they're like in denial I don't get it I, so I don't get it when when I read the book so I've, I obviously wrote it read it wrote it read it wrote it read it and chapter 10 describes that first year mm -hmm. I am like I, I at one point said to my editor I'm like I just want to take all of chapter 10 out because it's embarrassing that I didn't know it's embarrassing that I sat in there questioning is this is this really happening is it not is it really is it not is it really like just I am and I've I've had people say you know you shouldn't be so hard on yourself and you shouldn't say that but I feel like I was duped and I'm embarrassed by being duped and letting it last so long you know that's embarrassing I know exactly the way you feel like it's the well why didn't you just like leave you know, or why didn't you just, you know, uh, say, something. say something? And you know what? Like this, this brings me to the the burden that 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 white people always place on us, which is why didn't you just say something? It's like, why do you think I'm here, isolated? Because I said something. Like, what are you expecting? The result is going to be. So honestly, Erica, let me tell you, I said something. And I put that part in the book and then I removed that part specifically because when you actually say something, the, um, uh, I, I don't even like to go to that, that whole scene mm -hmm. because it was so terrible. And the only reason that I removed it from the book is because 
I don't want, I wanted the, the book to heal and not to hurt. And I didn't want to damage. I won't even say whether it was individuals or individual. I don't want to damage with the book, but that was one of the worst experiences of my, and you've read the whole book. Yeah. That scene was one of the worst experiences in my entire life. When you actually call it out and you say, after that, that, that email was said that that's racist. Yeah. racist. Yeah. What yeah. happened after that? And they couldn't fire me. <laughs> and what happened after that was one of the worst, the worst experiences of my life where I sat in a room and just like, you're like this little. Yeah. And there's nothing you could do about it because that conversation we had before about power. Yeah. You know, the power doesn't belong to you. And you yeah. know that the people that have the power, you don't know what they're going to do with it. Yeah. You don't know just how far they will go with that power. Yeah. And so you sit there and you take it and you take it and you take it. And you're like this small, not even an inch high. Mm-hmm like just breaking your soul kind of stuff yeah I think that a lot of the you know we've moved well okay let me rephrase yeah rephrase because I know where you're going with that you better rephrase that I I was going to say (laughs) that uh we've moved somewhere and then I'm like no we haven't (laughs) We just were you were you gonna say we're in a post-racial era? No. Oh hell no, 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 no. That doesn't come from me. No, no, no. You know that I've been kidnapped and and bound and tortured when you hear those words come out of my mouth. It's like (laughs) it's like send help. (laughs) Call 911. The only reason wrong. (laughs) So this is the thing, like I we haven't moved anywhere. Um, I know people are doing their, you know, anti, anti-black. They found out that they found a couple words that they put together, which is systemic racism. Nobody knows what it means. Not, well, not nobody, but they don't know what it means. Um, they keep saying it. They don't know. They don't know shit. And the thing about it is, is that after so I feel like you were you paved the way in a way um and we're ahead of the times that we're in now whatever times those are I'm not saying that something shifted I'm just saying that um we're living in a new paradigm now where you I think coronavirus has exposed a whole lot of inequities. Right. And those inequities are bare and you could see them. And, you know, nobody could tell you that you're crazy. I told, I, I tweeted something the other day is that I write so that black people know that they're not the only ones and they're not crazy. Right. That's literally right. why I write. Right. You know, I write so that it's like, no, that earlier when you were talking about, is it me? Like, 
I write, so you're like, oh fuck, it's not me. You know, fuck. (laughs) Like it's like no, no, it is white supremacy that's happening here, and you know. Although I don't know how much comfort that gives because then it's like, it is as bad as you think. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it's not gonna so, be. So I'm not the comfort writer, <laughs> you know? But, you know, one of the things, it's like you, I have a background in research too. And I'm just like, well, fuck, I can research this and find some thing and put something together that passes a standard that you all use for every other piece of writing. Right. You know, this idea, you know, drawing on history and drawing on actual research and drawing on this and building a story. Right. And so I so for me, it's really interesting talking to you about this and to, at this time and the first day of Black History Month, I'm blessed Um uh, can I just go back though? Because I want to yeah. go back to something that you said that I think is really important. Okay. So in 2018, I'm having this back and forth with Maxine Bernier. I remember that. About Distinctly. racism. Yes. And systemic racism and colorblind. And does, does Selena see racism everywhere? And oh my God, she is the, the Canada's most racist MP. Um, oh, every media outlet was like, oh my God, Selena, I can't clutch the pearls. I can't believe she's told that boy to check his privilege. Like she is so racist. Everybody was pearl clutching. Everybody was, was like that. In 2020, the absolute devastating modern day lynching of George Floyd happened. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden everybody woke yeah like oh geez get me the coffee i i'm i'm woke now i'm yeah yeah but you know what while you guys are just woke we've been awake yeah y'all want to talk about you woke now y'all want to take a knee in the street like you just got here but we've been awake we've been seeing this stuff and while you were questioning in 2018 what, what I was telling was actual fact. And everybody was like, oh, Jesus, Selena, you must not. It has suddenly come home to roost because now everybody's having a conversation about what we were talking about. How many years ago? Two, and it, it, one. It, it amazes me. It amazes me. But hold on, let me just, it amazes me that it takes, it takes a pandemic, mm-hmm. a global, a global pandemic, a global protest around racial inequality, all in the backdrop of climate change. Climate change hasn't gone anywhere. Maybe I'm mistaken, but we're still dealing with that shit. I have and, so many. I have thoughts. I have right? issues. And I, oh. a refugee crisis that has not gone anywhere that disproportionately. Let me let me just have you guess on who it disproportionately impacts. All of those things. All of those things. Who do you think that that disproportionately impacts the most people that look like us right but it takes like this and this and this oh let's shine the light oh my god black people like there's inequity we must do something about that but can you define systemic racism oh oh, no that 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 doesn't exist here does it even with all that 
even with all of this happening on the backdrop of everything else that's been happening, we still can't get our leaders to talk about what systemic racism means. We still can't get them to, to after they take a knee to stand up and actually do something. That means y'all don't want to do nothing anyway. All you want to do is be woke so you can have a cup of coffee. Yeah, and then show off to your like liberal right white friends in downtown Toronto or downtown Montreal. Like literally, it's like, oh, do you know what book I read? I'm so edgy. You know, I'm so open. It's all about white people patting themselves on the back for doing nothing. And I will never forget. I will never forget this government. There are certain things. Blackface is one of them. I will never forget this country and how this country responded to blackface. I will never forget the black people who responded to blackface. I am. And this is the thing. This is the thing. Let me leave now. Let me leave now. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm so serious because I remember, I remember I wrote. So this is what I was like, I guess I'm in it now. Sometimes you do shit and you push the envelope and you're like, oh, that, okay, that worked. And then you're like, you're like, you push it this, this way. And you're like, maybe I did it. You wait, you're like, maybe I did it too far. I did that with my Greg Fergus um, piece. And basically what I told, I said was that Greg Fergus is the black face who is parading around excusing blackface. And I was really hard on him. And the reason I bring it up is because just because there's another blackface in the mix means nothing. It means nothing. Because you're not sure, and this is how, you know, the divide and conquer and how they how they've systemically and systematically made us um, uh, uh, made us afraid of each other. Talk the talk. You know, it's it's the it's the Greg Ferguses of the world, and I will say it. And whatever, you don't have to agree. It's fine. I know, but I will say it. Who have picked door number? I can't remember if it was one or two, and have decided to fade into the background and not say much. And, and and walk the walk and talk the talk. And my question when that article came out was, this man has been with the Young Liberals, president of the Young Liberals since he was a tyke, okay? Has done all the work, has done all the proper work. He didn't make himself too visible. I'm sure he did you know, all the work in the background, I'm sure he did what was expected of him, then where's his reward? And if the system, you might want to still ask that question, though, I do want to still ask that question. There was a there was a shuffle. There Mm -hmm. was a shuffle very recently. Mm -hmm. There was a shuffle after 2020. There was a shuffle after George Floyd. There was a shuffle after the knee. There was a shuffle after the blackface. Do you want me to keep going? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And 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 where where is the reward? You know, Greg often talks to me about being the Malcolm to his Martin, which is insulting enough. Yeah. But you really got to you really got to ask yourselves as a community and even after blackface, I remember after blackface, I actually sent the PMO a message. 
Did you? Yeah, you know. <laughs> Did Erica, you troll them? <laughs> Erica, Erica's like, exactly. Exactly. Again? Oh my God. I, 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 went, I went back for licks. I went back. I went back. Because it was, I knew it was going to be so damaging to our community. Mm. I said, I sent the letter right away. This was before he made his speech at the Museum of Human Rights. Mm-hmm. I sent a letter that said, it is not enough to just apologize. Just like when you have children, when they make a mistake, if it in fact is a mistake, when you make a mistake, you have to apologize. You have to say what you learned from that mistake and what you are going to do to fix it. Yeah. And I said, he is at, in Manitoba at the Museum of Human Rights. Minstrel shows were rampant. Yeah. He has an opportunity to not do the job that he's going to download on us, but actually do the job of a leader and say that minstrel shows were rampant in the prairies. This is what it has done. It's dehumanizing. It was used to dehumanize Black people. How wrong it was that this was, yes, a part of Canadian history, not American history, and speak to it in front of the Museum of Human Rights. And then make commitments that are tangible, that are accountable, that allow for a framework to be developed on how he's going to fix this. He did none of that. And that is why I will never, ever, ever forget blackface, ever. Because he treats our community as if it is something that you could just step on and then after blackface, gather a few like-minded individuals who won't say anything. So Selena's not being invited to that meeting because- No, you're not. Right. So Mm -hmm. you're going to invite nine people who are going to go to a room and pacify this behavior and Mm. say, we, we, oh my God. Oh, we unreservedly, unreservedly, I, I no, wanna, go I ahead. So it is a joke. Unreservedly accept your apology. Unreservedly? Unre- he has not told you what he's learned. He's not told you what he's going to do, but you unreservedly accept an apology. That means what? That means what? So that happened in that room and he had Greg unreservedly accepting an apology with no accountability. What, what, do, you want, what do you want to happen, Erica? Do you what, know- what do you want to happen? Come do on. You know- do you know what I hated? Let me tell you what I hated, which it was a fucking slap in the face. When Greg Fergus went out on his apology tour for the PM flanked by Catherine McKenna, a white woman. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Why don't we just play out this plantation scenario in that minstrel show that's apparently continuing? Because that in itself was a minstrel show. I'm going to drink my... Mimosa right? I am so upset now. I just like. Yeah, I know. No, I need to drink to calm down. Yeah, I've been drinking. Where's my CBD people. oil? <laughs> now, now I need to drink something because now you got me all riled up. I have my book launch happening in less than two hours. You got me all worked up. By I'm the way, everybody, this thing and making people mad. But guess like, so this will be heard possibly on the ninth. So next week. Uh, your book launched on the second, 
So Tomorrow. I'm going to use the past tense. Oh, we're but, going to. Okay. okay, but we're recording this on the first, which I feel like is starting my Black History Month off right. You got me all revved up. I was tired. I, I, I got the energy. I need to write my column today. So I'm all revved up now. I'm like, now I know what I'm going to write. It's really like now I'm, I feel sorted. I feel sorted. And Guys, sometimes you need to have this sisterhood where yeah, I'm telling you, know. you. so <laughs> actually let's, I wasn't even going to talk about it. You yeah. talked about in the book, how you kind of formed this sisterhood with other black women in black staffers and black, yeah. you know, um, basically people who worked on the Hill mm-hmm. and how did that, did that make things better? If so, how, and what kind of like, what did you learn from them? And what did you, especially about, cause I felt like these conversations were about not only commiserating in terms of what you were experiencing, but how do you navigate this? Yes. Okay. So now we're talking strategy talk. Yes. But I'm only going to give little snippets of it. No, because because people got to read the book. You know know that. (laughs) You know, killers need to move in silence. And yes, yes. <laughs> we gotta be co- we gotta be quoting some rappers right now. Yeah, I know. You know, sometimes you need rap and sometimes you need gospel. You like you yes. Need- oh my gosh! And sometimes you just need some soca. You met all the time. Don't be. Yeah, this is proud. true. Right. Aye. Come on. That- Don't get me vexed now. Now yes. that soca. Right. right. All the time you need the soca, but sometimes you just need some good like some good rap music to get you like gangster to really get out my way. Right. So honestly, those conversations were so therapeutic. Um, And I would, if I could set up the context for your listeners, I would walk down the hall feeling this gaze from these pictures of these white men feeling like the, the institution, I know the institution wasn't made for me to be there. And here I am walking through and I know they can't fire me. I'm like, I'm definitely going to be here for four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless the electorate, something happens and I'm not reelected within those four years, but I'm guaranteed four years. And I'd watch these women walk through the hall um, of all different shades of just lovely chocolatey nests, like women of color, just beautiful walking. And I would like slip them my number and they were probably thinking, well, what, what are you doing? Right. I slipped them my number. I said, just call me. And I wanted to make sure that we had a strategy around if they worked in a minister's office, if there was any policy going forward that didn't have the voice of the black community or black communities, or more importantly, black women, that we intercepted that strategy (laughs) and figured out how to rework it. And so we'd have these conversations and say, well, this, this is public, this is not. Selena, can you talk to the minister about this? Because you would know it based on X, Y, and Z. And we'd come up with all these strategies to make sure that at least the policy from the back end had some input. Um, and then we would talk about just trying to preserve like self-preservation. How are you doing today? Do you feel like you're a target? Like, uh, because when you have a staffer who's putting their hand up and saying, you need to change this because you don't have, you know, the voice of the black community here. You don't want that target on your back. I can have that target on my back. 
because y'all can't fire me, right? So you, you strategically figure out how to do disruption in a way that creates that change that you want. And I think this group, we really did that well. There was about 25 of us at the end that would have these conversations. And every week we were supposed to bring one problem, figure out the solution, and then talk about how we were doing. Um, and usually for me, it was like, yo, I quit today. And they were like, oh, Selena, no, 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 you can't quit today. You know, and it was, it was really this, it was really this lovely sisterhood that even if we weren't able to make change, we knew that at least we tried. And you knew you weren't alone. Right. And that's really important. Yeah. And those, and those young ladies knew that they weren't alone. Like they, they, I, I, I think they still have a group chat mm-hmm. with all of them on there that they, they still chat to each other. I think that's really important. That sisterhood is important. And it's something that I did with these young, these young women. And it's something that I, I still need to work on, quite frankly. You know, it's something that I, I, I need to work on in, in terms of just my own personal growth. Yeah, I feel the same, actually. Um, the, the sisterhood, is, it, it really is important. It really is because, uh, you know, as much as, as, you know, black men face racism, they don't have that intersection with gender, which is so important. And when I say, and I'm talking like black, cis, heterosexual men, because, you know, when, you know, gender, and then if you add in sexuality, that's a whole nother story. And so there's so many facets of this thing we call blackness and the, the, the ways in which we move through these worlds. And, you know, I get a lot, I get people who are like, do you have, can I have half an hour of your time? And they'll tell me this story. I've heard a lot of stories over the past like year or so, a lot of fucking stories, heartbreaking stories Mm -hmm. and um a lot of times people just need somebody to talk to who can understand who who is low risk in terms of pushback right and for our community that doesn't necessarily not every black person is like that and you know, we as a community really need to come to some sort of like understanding. But then at the same time, we're a diverse community too. Right. So we're not going to see eye to eye on a lot of things, you know, and the liberals themselves have, you know, ever since their immigration policy by the father have really milked this community. Really, like Trudeau, the the senior really like he did it was the immigration policy and they've been milking this for the last like 40 or 50 years and I'm just like I don't know where there is for us to go politically except to not be beholden politically that's what I would say so that's 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 it Totally. Like I, I've always said, I don't know why the, the black community blindly votes liberal. I know why, but we shouldn't. 
Yeah. We're not beholden to anyone. And they take they take complete advantage and for they take that vote for granted that it will just happen. They do. And the thing is, is that this is what I hate. And this is when people get into stats and it's like your interpretation is faulty because they will say, oh, black people are only like one percent of the population gives a shit. Like I literally had to tell somebody today on Twitter who came into my mentions and I like almost like who cares? And I'm like, you came into my mentions of a black woman to basically say, who cares about the black community just so you can own the libs? Like, come on, get the fuck out of here. Anyway. Yeah. Take several seats. Yes. We're not doing this today. Not today. Not Not today. By the way, not this whole month. No, no. We're By good. the way, this day isn't going well for white people. It's very funny. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. Trump's you know lawyers what? quit. Like, I mean... <laughs> Not going well. Not going well. But, you know, the idea is that I'm trying to get to is how do you navigate the system? And this is a very, con- the answers are going to change within, you know, because the context changes all the time be- well, you're be- from black person to black person to black person from situation to situation. So it's not like we can be on a podcast here and say, okay, this is what you do. These are the steps. And a lot of it involves, um, you know, a lot of feelings of self-worth. And a lot of feelings of value, which I will get to in a second. But what I was saying about the stats, let's look at the distribution of Black people. And this is where I'm like, see, this is why you all get your predictions wrong, okay? Your election predictions, your this prediction, your that prediction, is because distribution is more important than the average. Black people are in the 905, which is a hotly contested area right? Yeah. We're in the 905. We're in the, what's the, what's Montreal's, right here beside me. There you go. What's um, Montreal's outer, I, oh. I forget. I think it's 450 or something. Um, like outside Montreal in those areas or in those urban areas that are often battlegrounds, right? Yeah. For support. And so they need us more than they think they do or more than they'll let us know that they do just because that distribution. I mean, Calgary itself. So I'm in Calgary right now, waiting out a bit of this pandemic until the the spring. (laughs) Anyway, all this to say, the influx of people of color, including black people into Calgary, every year it's more black people. Politically, Calgary is moving to the from the right more towards the center. Right. That's not by accident. That's demographics. Right. And so, you know, I'm just like black people. We're a valuable vote. Can you imagine if we actually if we all stayed at home? Yeah. Some seats wouldn't be having had. That's (laughs) what I know. Some seats wouldn't be having had. Yes. That's Say it right. again. Say Some it again. Some seats wouldn't be having the, had. 
Say it again for the people in the seat. <laughs> yeah, because it's true. They, I, I just, I'm just so tired of this. You don't mean shit. Yeah. You know, yeah. because that's exactly what people are saying when they say that you don't mean shit. Just stay silent. Be happy you're here. And that is the attitude that Canada takes with black people all the time. Well, all that, the was time. The attitude, that was the attitude that was taken with the 2018 budget. Right. So you and I feel first- like that's the attitude they had with you. Well, yes. Yeah, so so you have a 2018 budget. The first time the black communities ever mentioned in the 150 something year history of our country. And there is. million worth of investment. And I'm like losing it at this point. I'm throwing tables over. I'm going, are you kidding? First of all, because I was never invited to any of these discussions, Mm -hmm. right? So it's not like, well, Selena, you were there. Why didn't you say something before they put out the budget? I was like, well, they purposely kept me excluded. Yeah. But still, I'm like flipping tables. I'm pissed. Now you have to realize I'm surrounded by men who are now saying, figure yourself out and get on board. I'm like, I just can't win. Yeah. I can't win with my own. I can't win with them. I can't, I can't win. And so it's like, no wonder they take us for granted because they give us, so there's a million black people in Canada. The investment is 50 million. So you say in that since the beginning the 400 plus years or so we've been here, we only worth $50 a piece. Mm-hmm. 50 damn dollars? Mm-hmm. 50 damn dollars? Yeah, 50 million isn't years. that much. That Let me tell you exactly what 50 million is. And that's over five years. But let me tell you what this money is for a federal government, right? If we took, if I took $50 million in a bag and as I was walking down the steps of center block and I tripped and that money fell and it just went all over and we lost all of it, they wouldn't even notice. Girl, that bag is a clutch. It's an evening clutch, only big enough for your lipstick. I, I'm saying, I didn't say what kind of bag it was. <laughs> I'm just saying it is. Bag. It's now, not use the that bag much money. Lost the $50 million. <laughs> but do you know how many times I've, people are like, ah! money and i'm just like literally that's that's a drop in the bucket it was a drop in the bucket it was offensive it was what we what usually happens when you get the little crumbs off the table and you're like well thank you Mm -hmm. yeah and this is what we were talking about earlier where it's are you at the table are you on the menu are you like on the plate Mm -hmm. or are you serving are you the house Negro or are you the field Negro at this point? Because yeah. there is, there is no, there is no seat. There is no seat. And, and you demonstrate that there is no seat. You actually functionally demonstrate that not only is there no seat that you don't want to give us a seat. You don't care to give us a seat. You don't, you don't even have the, the, the respect enough, the respect enough to just at least say, you know what? We are going to give you a seat. It's not going to be beside the host. It's going to be at the end of the table, but we're going to give you a seat. Like not even that. Mm-hmm. And that, that when I tell you, I cannot reconcile that I actually cannot. And when you talk about navigating spaces, you have to understand that there are some things that I'm going to ride for. And there's some things that I'm not, I'm just not going to ride for it. Yeah. 
And as being a black woman, we talked, you talked about earlier about, you know, having these intersecting identities. You navigate spaces as black women and we're dealing with racism, we're dealing with sexism, we're dealing with ableism, we're, de- we're dealing with, all- at some point you just pick one. Yeah. The one that you're gonna deal with. So even in parliament, all of this, all of the sexist things that, that came my way. Yes, yes. Deal with that. Yeah. I can't deal with you telling me you wanna run your fingers through, through my hair because I'm gonna fuck you up. Yeah. Or my <laughs> Like yes. he ain't going down. Like I'm gonna cut this right now yeah. because I can't deal with that because this this is actually gonna use up brain space. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're talking about racism, that's something like I actually have to figure out because it's not as easy to report it, to be mm-hmm. held accountable, mm-hmm. to have a consequence for. Like I actually have to navigate that. You touch my head. And even that sometimes is like, oh, I was just joking. I just wanted to feel the curls. I wanted to feel the braids. I just, I was just joking. Get thicker skin. Mm-hmm. So we have to navigate these spaces, and then yet still, so we have to pay that tax. And then yet still, when it comes to actually making an investment in a community that deserves attention. Mm-hmm. we're still saying, well, we're just going to give you the crumbs and we know you all are just going to accept it. So yeah. we don't do anything better. Yeah. And that is, that is unfortunate. So black mental health, how do like navigating those spaces is also um, necessary for our mental health. Depression and anxiety are quite common racism, sexism, you name it, institutional violence, um, you know, all of that impacts mental health. I know you have gone through your struggles. You've been quite open about it. And, you know, first of all, I just want to say for the audience, for a Black West Indian woman to talk about mental health openly is enormous. So thank you for that. Um, again, you were ahead of your time. <laughs> now we're starting to, you know, maybe talk about it in different ways. Um, and maybe we're starting to recognize it in ourselves. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like a big thank you for that. I think that that's one of the most important things you did. There are many important things you did, but. But you know what? I, I don't need a, I don't, I shouldn't be thanked for that, right? I know. We should, we should be having these conversations. And again, when we talk about mental health and we talk about the burden of that. So we're, we're dealing, so I'm going to work backwards. So we're dealing with all of these microaggressions, which I just call blatant racism. Like they're not micro, right? Yeah. You, you kill me by a thousand cuts or you just call me the N word. What's the difference? Same thing. Yeah. Right. So you're dealing with all this racism you're dealing with, so first of all, you're dealing with your regular life, like anybody else, everybody's exactly the same, dealing with the regular life and all that stress. Add in the blackness, you have to deal with all this other racism and all this crap that's going on. And then on below that, you have this, this conversation of your parents, your uh, guardians, your village saying, you know, you're a black and you're a woman, you have to be twice as good, twice as hard, twice as this, twice as that. And you're just like, Lord, I just can't, Mm -hmm. right? 
I, I spoke up about it, not because I don't believe that we need to be twice as good, twice as fast, twice as hard, twice work, work twice as everything, but it's not a sustainable model for living if we're not supplementing that with taking care of ourselves. It doesn't mean that I don't believe it. Mm-hmm. It means that we just like, just give each other a break. And that's why that sisterhood is so important because it's only us that can understand what that pressure is on both levels, the, the pressure cooker is cooking from the top and the bottom, right? And it's, and it's, and it's pressuring that, that, that middle. And oftentimes when you pressure like carbon, it turns into a diamond, right? We know that Yeah. It, it, it brings out the best in us, but there, it still requires some kind of outlet. The pressure has to go somewhere because we're not carbon you can't squeeze us and we pop out a diamond. This is not the same thing. So it was really important for me to talk about the fact that I live with major depression and anxiety in a way that just gave black women a break, man. Just give us a, just give us a break for a, just give us a minute. Just, just one, just one minute where we could just say, where we, we don't want to say anything. We could just breathe. And if, 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 if black women got that one minute in me speaking up, then, then I'm good. I don't need thanks for that. You just, we all just need a break. And it might've been self-serving because I needed a break too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note, I like, thank you for your time and, um, you know, first off, everybody should read this book. Black, not black, women, man, whatever. Everybody needs to read this book. Can you hear me now? Um, yeah, we heard you. Like <laughs> some of us have been listening a long time. <laughs> I've been hearing you for the last few years, girl. I, yes, yes, I hear I, you. I've been awake. <laughs> yes, and you know, like, come back and hang out with us. I, I cannot I can't wait for your next book Erica you know I gotta say you are an absolute breath of fresh air I'm so glad we waited until this moment to do this podcast I think that we we we've never met like know each other like closely Mm -hmm. but just following you um being in your space understanding who you are as this unapologetic black woman who understands the system understands the structures and is not afraid to say yeah I'm going to support you yeah I see you yeah I'm going to write so that you could breathe today yeah that is so important and I just want to thank you for being unapologetically authentically you as a black woman who who I don't think I could have gotten through the last six years without. Oh, wow. Oh, thank you. I also want to tell you that I saw you before you even knew I existed. Oh, gosh, we're going to cry now. We're crying. Okay. So I'm going to cut this off right now. No, no, I thank you because I'm like tearing up too. And I'm just like, that is, I'm honored to be the recipient of those words. 
and the meaning and the emotion and the authenticity behind them, I am honored. And I hope like offline, the what's this pandemic, we have to meet. So there's that, that there's that. Erica, you have no idea. You have no idea how sometimes I read your messages and I'm just like, like, it just gives me a space. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Like it just gives me a, like, okay, somebody else is protecting me. Like somebody else is like doing the protect black woman hashtag. And yeah. it's Erica, Erica's up. She's taking the bullets. She's taking the stings for us. And for a moment I could have a little bit of respite. Cause I know she gonna handle it and I don't have to respect <laughs> it. But no, yeah. it's not even funny when yeah. you're, when you're actually in the middle of stuff. Yes. And you someone who's like, oh, well, who is that? Who is this Erica? Who is this Erica here? Because you know, my eyes are bad now, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, like, thank you for that. You know, sometimes you just, you just don't know who you touch. You just don't oh, know. God. So well, I tell you the, the last, the last few years have been a lot easier just knowing that I could, that I could tag, I could tag out sometimes. Yeah. You know, and there's, there are, there are a few people who will do that when the bullets are still flying, you know, when it, when it's hashtag here for Selena, everybody's all in. Yeah. But when it's those weeks before, when it's the bullets are flying and yeah. they're all aiming at me and you have some people going, yeah, I'm Wonder Woman up this shit. Like, I'm going to like block some of those shots for you. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a different level. And I thank you for that. Well, I thank you for telling me. No, we have to, we have to give people flowers while they're here. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So on that note, we are out. Thank you for Thank coming you. on. And yes, I know you're... we gotta do this again. Yes. Girl, I gotta go. I'm out. Okay. Bye. Love you. Thank you so much. Listen, I was not having that Maxime Bernier bullshit. Okay. I was so angry. I was so angry. Lady. I was like this stuff just like, and this was before um, people got woke. Right. Like we were talking about 20, was it 2017 or 2018? Somewhere around there. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? And then it's everybody else falling in line behind this. And you know what angered me? Fucking Canadian media who has no range whatsoever. Okay. They don't have any range. Nowadays, the topics have to do with gender, race, um, inequality, income inequality. The three. And you can bring any issue into those, like that paradigm. We're talking about climate change, for example. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, people don't live like, not everybody lives like a downtown, white, rich, comfortable person. Okay? Not everybody. And then I'm like, not a lot of me. Exactly. Is it me? 
and then but then see the other thing too is that my feed too was 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 like what the fuck and i was just like i i just couldn't i could i just couldn't they're lucky i didn't have a column then okay <laughs> what did i say the other day the worst thing they did was give me a twitter account <laughs> <laughs> sometimes that i and, and there's you know what you know what the best part is yeah the best part is is when i get these messages from people like outside of our circle that yeah. like, are probably not even connected to us like a, a message comes in from to my inbox because i have a number of different groups that i work in and it's like hmm erica ain't playing today <laughs> I was like, oh shit, what she put what she put on the front of the Hill Times again? Lord Jesus. Let me open this up. <laughs> I'm like, like oh, you know, none of us want to pay for the subscription. So we open it. <laughs> can't even read this. What does it say? What does it say? <laughs> oh my God. Thank no, man. When I get some of those, I'm like, mm. You know, actually, I got one and Kika Oja, I'm coming, I'm coming. Kika Oja Thompson, Kika Oja Thompson, she's like, she sends it in and she's like, she's like, somebody needs to introduce me to this lady. Somebody- I think somebody did actually on Facebook, which reminds me because I need to contact her. Thank you. Thank yes. You. She's like, yeah. make an introduction, make an introduction. I'm like, girl, I don't know. I don't know if you're life ready for that kind of <laughs> Yeah, honestly. And Kika's the blackest woman I know. <laughs> I don't know if you're ready. I don't know if you're ready for Erica level. You know, like she, she, she you know, like sometimes, you know, when you like, bullshit. I'm not here for it. When you bring the guns out and you're like, you know, yeah, let's knuckle up. Let's be ready. We ready. And Erica's at the front. And you're like, whoa, no, not you. Like, <laughs> Dial it back, sweetheart. Dial, we, 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 ain't, we ain't doing the You know what? Thing. This is what this is what all those years at the Department of Finance made me. <laughs> when, I came out, out. when I came out, when I, when we started this pod, it was great catharsis. You know, now, now I have a therapist, so I'm, I'm, I'm working <laughs> it out. And so I just decided that I was done playing the, mm. their, their, the, the tokenized role I was done with their shit I was just done and once that happened I was like you know this is my outlet to just be mm-hmm. honest and then yeah. I'm like oh well I have some skills to be honest in a certain way okay let's yeah. do that and then it just evolved and I found I actually found my voice at the hill times so um it's like it, it gets shared around more often than you know whenever I see it I've seen it a few times come up and it's like oh god what's she write today 